All right, welcome everyone. This is Yes and Amen Children's Church with Pastor Derek Fletcher. <clears throat> Derek Fletcher and Yanni Fletcher. I want to take this time to welcome you to our lesson on today. And so on today, um, we're going to be talking about different things associated with baptism, communion, obedience and quiet time so these are like core things that believers should know or practice on today and so sit back relax and we'll do something different today where we'll pull out scriptures um through this uh tool right here just to try it out and see how well that works out for us it may not work too well but it may work excellent for what we need to do so we're going to ask um, Derek Fletcher if he would pray <clears throat> right now to open us up. Father God, we thank you on today for giving us grace. Father God, today is a special day, a special day like every single day when we pray, eat in your name and be anointed, baptized and all the above in your name. Father God, in this lesson, Acts 2, verse 4, 41 through 42, we want to learn something new, something creative, something inspiring, something that will teach us a life lesson along the way of perhaps, say, not doing sin over your parents. <clears throat> Obey them and respect them, Father God. No lies and deceiving. None of the above of sinfulness. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So we want to discover uh, a biblical definition of the two sacraments instituted by Christ. Baptism and the Lord's Supper. And so we've all been baptized. Um, I was thinking about the Lord's Supper. And uh, we should have communion. Um, and so these are observances that every believer should do. Um, and we can get into the technical parts of it, but we won't. We'll just leave it from that perspective right now. And so uh, we want to reveal to the students the importance, importance of the two practices in the early church. And then also to heighten the students' personal devotion to the sacrament. So baptism, communion, obedience, and quiet time. And so Acts 2, 41 and 42 says, those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and fellowship to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And so I want to, before I read this again, I want to explain this. During that time, uh, they, they taught the message of the gospel. And if you accepted Jesus as Lord right then and there, you would be baptized. There weren't any in-between times. You'd be baptized right there. and 
they also had communion, breaking of bread and prayer. You know, they ate together, they fellowship together. So I want to share that. I want to share that with you just, just so you'll have an idea. And again, it says here, Acts 2, 41 and 42. It says, those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. All right, so repeat after me. Acts 2, 41 through 42. Acts 2, 41 through 42. Okay. Those who accepted his message were baptized. Those who accepted his message were baptized. And about 3,000 were added to the number that day. And about 3,000 3, were added to, to the number that day. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings. And to fellowship. And to fellowship. To the breaking of bread and to prayer. To the breaking of bread and to prayer. Okay. All right. So this is like the, the team builder. So we're just going to pause it there so you can, uh, those that are watching, they can go in and can look at this and read it and review it. All right. Let's move forward. So what do you like to do when you have some time to yourself so what do you do when you have time to yourself do you play watch video TV. games do you look watch at tv, TV play video games i also what about like to do watch some amazing stuff i like watching okay. tv or drawing or sketching i like learning okay. interesting stuff say all right what about what about um, grabbing your Bible and praying to God or asking God or writing some things out that you want God to do for your life? Do yes, you ever do that? do that? Okay, so so that's good. That's good. And so what are some things you can do alone that are beneficial? Uh-oh. You can study. pray alone. Okay. You can pray. You can pray alone. Okay. So it says here, study, clean your room, and resting. I think that's something I did today. I rested more than I should, than I usually, I say, should have. Right? So clean your room. All right. Studying, studying uh, your homework, 
studying uh, God's word. You can pray. So some people, some people struggle, right? Uh, let me see something here. Let's go back here. Oh, I, I did. The recording is working. Yeah. I just want to make sure. And so some people struggle with loneliness, which opens them up to temptation. What are some sin uh, problems that creep up on us when we are alone? Any Any idea? From that aspect lying okay stealing. all right stealing okay some people uh cut themselves okay some people abuse themselves some people will sneak and they'll they'll do drugs some people will sneak and look at pornography uh some people will sneak and smoke cigarettes or smoke other things or even use drugs right and so those those are some things that 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 people do and some kids do um some people might even uh feel bad about themselves and do abusive things toward themselves but thank goodness to god that that he has given us opportunity to share with him and to talk with him and he fellowships with us so solitude can produce great temptation but it can also provide opportunities for closeness with god right and and that's the whole thing you have the ability to pray you have the ability to say god i i know i have areas of weakness clean me up work work on me right and so today we're going to consider two of the opportunities we have to be closer with God, uh, something called the sacraments. Baptism is a sacrament. Communion is a sacrament. All right. And so it says, get your Bibles out and let's uh, get ready to dig in. And so, you know, we'll, we'll cross-reference uh, for you guys that are online with me but those that are going to watch it later get your bibles out right so today we're going to discover a fresh meaning of two sacraments that jesus instituted bible uh, baptism and communion but before we do that let's understand what a sacrament is okay so a sacrament does not appear in scriptures it is a word used to describe a set of spiritual practices. The word itself doesn't appear until centuries later. Augustine of Hippo says, a sacrament is a visible sign of an invisible reality, right? In other words, when a sacrament is practiced, there is simultaneously something happening physically and supernaturally. Okay. You, you guys got that? Yes. All right. So, so if you're doing it physically, 
you should believe in your heart and, and before God that the supernatural, the supernatural precedes the physical. And then we act in the area of physical or actualization of, of a supernatural motive or supernatural intention, whether it be good or bad. So I want to I want to throw that in. Okay, so we're going to talk about the two most widely recognized sacraments, baptism and the Lord's Supper. Okay, let's uh, take baptism as an example. There is a body of a person being dunked by another person, right? That body gets wet. But there is also something supernatural going on. According to the scriptures, God is active in, in an invisible way. For this reason, Eastern Orthodox Christians believe that all of life is, in a sense, uh, uh, sacramental. Okay, so they believe whatever you do from the physical part, there's a supernatural occurrence simultaneously. Okay, so let's look at this. Okay, and, and you guys did get baptized. So you observe a sacred sacrament uh, relative to Christian believers. And you've had communion before. And so uh, because you're baptized, the communion now is mm, a more intense commitment. Okay. And so baptism is all over the book of Acts and the rest of the Bible, okay? And so we have, and yet so many people still don't seem to understand what it means according to scripture, all right? So let's drill down uh, or drill way down into the book of Acts. So we, we're brought, probably just gonna cover and pull out like three scriptures of this list that we have here. Um, and so uh, uh, chances are we're, we'll get something to learn from them, right? right? We'll glean something from the scriptures. Um, but baptism, yeah, let's just pull the, like the first three. What do you guys think? We'll pull the first three of them. One, two, three. All right, so let's go over here. All right, so let's do that. All right, let's see NIV. All right, let's take a look, guys. Okay, so I'll read Acts 1 and 5. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So what do you think that means? He baptized with water, and but it says in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. I believe I think... it means go ahead, Yanni. 
I think it means that shortly after you get baptized, you get the Holy Spirit. Okay. Okay. So, okay, that's good. That's good. What were you going to say, Derek? I was going to say something similar, except I was going to say in uh he he may be he may have been just baptized with water, but later on, it's going to feel like the Holy Spirit is with him. Okay, okay, okay. So, 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 um, both of you have good points, and and they're relevant. So, baptism by water is a natural occurrence simultaneously right the baptism of the holy spirit that's a supernatural move and so both of you are are um you you got a good reference on that okay all right so all right derek read acts uh 20 i mean acts 2 and 38 peter replied Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Okay. Okay. So it says, repent and be baptized. All right. So we declare that Derek and Iyani, and they have been baptized that they receive the gift, it says it's a gift of the Holy Spirit. Okay. Okay. It kind of says the same thing as the previous one. Okay, Yanni, read uh, Acts those, 2. Okay, go ahead. Those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added there. To their number, number that day. It. Okay. So in the book of Acts, we see baptism is everywhere, right? By the believers that are implementing. And so there's there's much more. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. Yeah, there's more than 13, 14, 15. So, so there's lots of scriptures here in Acts. So what did your verse say about baptism? The my verse said that um did you go back to the verse? It said Ooh. That thousands, thousands who accepted his message were baptized, and about three thousand okay. were added their that their number that day. Okay, what about yours, Derek? Oh, Derek stepped out for a minute. So, Derek, what did your scriptures uh, say 
to you when you read it? What is what does it say? Well, the obvious thing here is just repenting against sin and being baptized. Okay. Because it because that for that it'll forgive you for your sins. Okay. In Jesus Christ. Okay, so you'll be forgiven of your sins in Jesus Christ. All right. Any, anything else that you guys want to share about this? No. Not All right, let's go back in. Mm -hmm. All right. So who participated in baptism and what were their reasons? What do you think? I saw that it said John did. Okay. So John baptized. Okay. And also Peter baptized. Um, okay. And so what about the other side, those that were being baptized, those that heard the gospel, they heard the gospel. And so they were baptized, right? Because they, they wanted to observe and they wanted to be saved, correct? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I'm just trying to share that part of it. So how important does baptism seem based on this passage? Very important. It's very important. Yeah. And, and so one of the things that I shared with you before you got baptized, and, and this was to emphasize the importance of your heart toward Christ and not overshadow it with baptism. You, you can obtain salvation by your confession and your declaration that Jesus is Lord, the observation of baptism and even communion, uh, those you do because of your commitment to Christ and what you believe in. So baptism is an important practice in the early church and it should be in the modern church also. So who do you think uh, baptism. Why do you think baptism is important? But well, we already, you already said that. Oh, why do you think it's important? I think baptism is important because it cleanses you from your sins. Okay, well, is it? it helps, well, it doesn't cleanse you from your sins, but it's, it. Go ahead. But it helps you be closer with God. Jesus. Okay. Jesus so, and God. So, okay. So baptism is the symbology, is the outward symbology of the rebirth process. It's the outward symbology because Christ was baptized. And when he was baptized, John baptized him. And it says, and this is my son and who I'm well pleased. God said that. And the dove descended down upon him. And he was, which symbolized the Holy Spirit uh, inner dwelling within him. And so baptism is a sacrament. It's a symbolization. Uh, the, the symbolization is physical of what the supernatural or the spiritual part is doing. 
Okay. I don't know if I explain that very well, but that's what it is. It says, can you, can you talk with someone? Can you talk with someone about the importance of baptism and the life of someone who wants to follow Jesus? What would you say to them? Derek, what would you say? Well, I would say that's actually a good question because, well, there are some people who, um, well, actually, I have this one uh, classmate of mine. He's talking about getting baptism, baptized, and he wants to know, like, what, what does it do? Because I talked about how I already got baptized. So he was curious, what does it do? Uh, how does it feel being baptized? How do they dunk you? And, the, and what I told him was being baptized is cleansing, cleansing, cleansing yourself from sin. Helping you be a better creature for Christ. Okay, helping very okay, a better Christian. And, okay. Um, how does it feel? Well, it feels at first you feel you feel kind of nervous because you don't know how deep the pool is. But once once it's quick, fast, and done, you're out of there in a hurry. Okay you're going to feel a whole lot better and you're going to feel cleansed and you're going to feel good. Okay. 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 So those are the feeling parts. What do you think happens in the faith realm and then, and in the spiritual realm, what do you think happens? Right. Cause, cause it's physical. But there's a spiritual or supernatural component that goes with it. Holy. I would say holy. Okay, holy. All right. So, all right. Let's take a look at this. Uh, baptism elsewhere in the Bible. Okay, so. Derek, you read uh, Matthew, Colossians, and Galatians, and then Yanni, you'll read Mark, 1 Peter, and Romans. Okay. Yeah, just go down there and read that. Being a disciple and baptism are linked. Okay, so 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 say the verse, say Mark 28 and 19, being a disciple. Don't you mean Matthew? Did I say Matthew? You said Mark. I did. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, Matthew 28 and 19. Sorry about that. I see Mark yeah. down below it. Maybe that's why okay. I said Mark. Matthew 28 and 19. Being a disciple and baptism are linked. 
Colossians 2 and 12. Baptism is an entry point to the new covenant. Galatians 3 through 27. We 3 and 27. On, okay. 3 and 27. We put on Christ at baptism. Mark chapter 16, verse 16. Baptism and salvation are linked. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 21. Baptism and salvation are linked. Romans chapter 6, verse 3 through 4. Baptism aligns. aligns us with Christ's death, burial, burial, burial and resurrection. Okay. And so that's probably like the most important thing. Let, let's do this really quick here. Let's go and let's take a look at that scripture. It says, or don't you know that all of us who were baptized in Christ Jesus were baptized unto his death. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. So it symbolizes the rebirth process and uh, the fact that Jesus was, uh, he was executed, crucified, he died, and then he got up on the third day, okay? And so when we do baptism, it aligns us to his life and what he did for us okay okay all right so all right so let's take a look at communion and you guys know about communion all right so what we'll do is let's copy all those and go here you got up so I could get up again. All right, let's take a look at these scriptures. So I'll read the first one, and then Derek, you'll read the next two, and Yanni, you'll read the next two. So this is communion. 
All right, so Acts 2 and 42 says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayer. All right, Derek, you have the next two. <clears throat> Acts 2 and 46. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and insincere hearts. Acts 20 and 7. On the first day, the week we came together to break bread, Paul spoke and the people, sorry, Paul spoke to the people and because he intended to leave the next day, kept on talking until midnight. Okay. Okay, Yanni. Acts chapter 20, verse 11. Then he went upstairs again and broke bread and ate. After talking until daylight, he left. Acts chapter 23, verse 35. After he said this, he took some bread and gave thanks to God in front of all of them. Then he broke it and began to eat. Okay. So they're talking about breaking bread here, huh? On communion, where we have the bread and the wine. Let's see. Right here. Okay, so what did your verse say about communion? I guess I need to go back there and do that again. Okay, Derek, what do your verses say about communion? They say, well, what my verses say about communion is breaking bread in their homes. Okay, breaking bread in their homes. Open hearts from what it says. And how Paul talked all the way through midnight because he had to leave. Because he had to leave. Because he had to leave. And they continue fellowshipping, huh? Yes. All right. Okay, Yanni, what about yours? Mine was talking about how they broke bread after daylight. Okay. And then he left and then he went back and then he broke bread again in front of all of them. And then okay. to give thanks to God. And then he mm -hmm. ate the bread. Yes. Cool. All right. Let's go in there. So who participated in it? And what were their reasons? Derek? Well, the people who participated, 
was the believers yes the believers and the new converts okay the body of christ but i wouldn't say everybody i wouldn't say everybody but a mm -hmm. lot of people quite a lot of people but a lot of people okay so All right, so how important does communion seem based on the passage you read, Yanni? What do you think? Is it, how important is it? He's very important. Okay, it's very important. All right, let's look at these other two scriptures here. Okay, um, Derek, you're going to read verses 26 and 27 of okay. Matthew 26, and then Yanni, you're going to read 28 and 29. Okay. All right, where you at, Derek? <clears throat> your mic, unmute your mic. While they were eating... Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat this my body. This is my body. Okay. Then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. Okay, yeah. This 20. is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine for now on until the day when I drink it new with you in my father's kingdom. Okay. Okay. All right, I'll read that last one. It says here, 1 Corinthians 10, 16. Is not the cup of thanksgiving for which we give thanks a participation in the blood of Christ and is not the bread that we break a participation in the body of Christ? All right, so through observance, 
when we take communion, we participate in the, the body of Christ, a, a fellowship, if you will, uh, recognizing communion, uh, which is a, something in common and we unite. That's kind of like how those words are communion, uh, to commune or to communicate and then to come together and unite. Wow, that's easy. That was interesting. So what does the bread of the communion stand for? A body of Christ. The body. All right, the body of Christ. What does the cup stand for? The blood. Jesus Christ's blood. The blood. The blood. I know Christ. it was the blood. And so you know they say, uh, when they do communion, some people say, I know it was the blood for me. He died on Calvary. I know it was the blood. All right, so in the book of Matthew, what does Jesus say? He will partake of it again with us. When? Where, when did he say or where? From where? Uh, have been. In heaven, okay, in his father's kingdom. So what do you think that means? Ultimately, I believe it means we will have communion with him again. Okay, okay, in, in, in heaven, ultimately. Shall we meet again? Okay, so, so until we meet, what do you think it truly means to commune with God? I think it means to break bread with God. Okay, to break bread. So sure, one, of the, one of the things that we do is really all important is coming together and breaking bread. And, and even as a family, when we sit at the table and we eat together, we communicate and we talk. And, and it's supposed to be a, a time a fellowship and coming together. And so the same thing when we commune with God, right? And so you remember in the beginning of the lesson, they talk about uh, your alone time, right? Your alone time. What do you do? And, and, and what, how do you, how do you uh, make use of that time? And so God wants us to set aside time for him to commune with him, to talk with him, and to share with him. And then he, in turn, shares back uh, from our heart that we share into him. Okay? All right. Let's see here. So it says, make it real. So these sacraments, and that's what they're called, communion and baptism, are very real ways that we can connect with God. Okay? We can connect with God and we can feel his presence as we interconnect and we do those things and observe it. Okay, so how many of you have been baptized? I have. I have. Okay, you have too. All right, awesome. Awesome, everybody has. So what was your baptism like? 
I can remember when I was baptized, I was probably like, I don't know, like uh, nine or 10. And so I remember, and I, I had on like a, a, like a white robe and I went down into, it was a big pool and, and uh, Reverend Irvin, his name is Daniel Irvin, Reverend Irvin. Uh, he was the one that baptized me and had the deacons there and the associate pastors. And he said, Derek Wayne Fletcher, he said, do you profess in the profession of your sins? Do you claim Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? And I says, yes. And then it says, well, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I went down in the water, and then I came back up. And I felt like I was, like, reborn. That's how I felt, so. Oh, okay, now it's, all right, you guys share your experience being baptized. When I came out of the water, I was really cold. You were really cold? Okay. I couldn't see. Yeah, couldn't I, could, see. I was down in the water, and I forgot to close my eyes, so I was just looking up at the water, and then I got the wa and then I got the water in my eyes, and then my eyes were like, Different. Oh yeah, I I didn't close my eyes either. I left them open so I could see, and I saw Reverend Irvin's big hand like over my face like that. All right, okay. What about you, Derek? I just I just couldn't see, even though I closed my eyes. Oh, you closed your eyes? Okay. All right. So, how did your baptism change your life? Did it? Yes. Yes. Okay. All right. So for me, it changed my life. I felt like I had a personal, uh, made a personal commitment to God and, and that uh, the fellowship of baptism, it gave me a new hope and a new promise. Uh, and it symbolized what Christ's life was like as he was um, crucified. And then on the third day he rose up and then he ascended, so. All right, anybody else wanna share? Okay. All right, so for those of you who have not been baptized, what do you think you are missing out on? So that's a question posed to those that are listening. If you have not been baptized, I'll give you a quick minute to think about that. All right, so what new things have you learned about communion today? What about you, Derek? What have you learned about communion? Well, I've learned that communion is something that embodies us for, uh, well, basically it just makes us 
it just makes us feel well to me. It makes me feel right. Okay. More focused on the Lord. Okay. So we have all things in common. I learned that John baptized Jesus. Okay. Okay, John baptized Jesus. Anything else? But for communion, I knew all of this. Yeah. Which is why I shared something that I learned about baptism. Okay. All right. So do you think you practice communion in a holy way? Yes. Yes. Okay. So how can you be more reverent during the Lord's Supper? All right, so one one of the things it says is you should not have an alt or an issue when you take communion. So at that instance, you should confess to God any any faults, any sins you have committed, so that He can, so that you can repent from those right then and there, right? Because it says if there's anyone who's not worthy to take communion, um you know, uh, don't take it. And then they give you, in some churches, they give you a moment to get things right between you and God, okay, Uh, before the communion, all right? Any questions about that? Okay, so, all right, so let's go down here. Let's, Let's kind of see what else is here. So we're about to finish it up. So we're not going to practice the Lord's Supper today. Uh, we haven't planned to baptize anyone, but I do want to take a few minutes and do something special. Okay, so we talked at the beginning about sacrament, something that happens uh, simultaneously uh, supernatural and natural. These are holy moments. I want to invite you to have your own holy moment with God, right? While this isn't a sacrament instituted by God, it is an opportunity for you to ask God to do something in your life, right? And God is a personal God, And he wants to know how you feel. And then he wants you to express what you want him to do in your life, right? Correct. And so you surrender to him. You give in to him in every way, in all things. And it's a lot like baptism and the Lord's Supper. So it's a sacred moment, um, whether it be baptism, whether it be the Lord's Supper, or whether it be just personal time with him to communicate with him and to speak to him, okay? So I want you to know that. So you can you can always, and, and it's beneficial to have that time with God, 
okay? And so the next 10 or 15 minutes that you have alone, right? Go in to God, right? Spread out in your room, close the door, turn the TV off and cry out to God and, and to talk with him, right? You can take your Bible. If you have a journal, write in your journal. I would encourage you to spend time and reread the verses, right? We've read today and look up others, right? Look up others, spend time in prayer, right? A long time in prayer, right? Perhaps you can pray, right? With uh, posture, kneeling, laying on your face down on the ground, standing with your arms raised up, right? And perhaps you have a journal already read, said that's, I heard somebody said they have a sketchbook. You can draw a picture or sketch of something representing God in your personal relationship with them. You could even sing a song, right? Whatever those things are, those are moments, private moments with God, right? So take some time to experience God for yourself, your personal time, and allow yourself to understand that this is exactly what we should be doing when we are baptized and when we participate in communion. So it's a very personal time, right? So we are experiencing an invisible God in a way, in a visible way, okay? Any questions about that? Okay, Yanni, we're gonna have you pray us out of the lesson on today. Lord, thank you for waking us up to, on today. And Lord, we appreciate everything that you do for us. And Lord, continue to bless us because you've already blessed us already with food, clothes, and a place to call home and a roof over our heads. And God, we want you to know how much we appreciate you and love you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen. 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 All right. All right. That was a great <laughs> lesson on today. Um, God bless you. This is Pastor Derek Fletcher with Derek and Iyani Fletcher. And be blessed on today.